0: From India's largest newsroom, I'm Arun George and this is the Times of India podcast. This time, Gujarat has done weeks before the polls we'd done an episode on the Gujarat elections, in which it seemed pretty clear that the BJP was headed towards victory. And that's exactly what happened. The party stormed to power, winning a record 156 of 182 constituencies in the state. The Congress was decimated and won in just 17 constituencies. Despite its big campaign, the Aam Admi Party finished third with five seats, but has made some inroads into the state. It wasn't all bad news for the Congress, though. The party swept to power in Himachal Pradesh, winning in 40 out of 68 constituencies. Now the party needs to pick a chief minister, and the party's state unit chief has promised that the party will deliver on all its campaign promises.
1: Be, to, it to,
0: to decode the results, my colleague Jairaj Singh and I spoke with political columnist and journalist Radhika Ramaseshan. Having documented Indian politics for decades, Radhika had explained before the election why Gujarat was never really a battle for the BJP. In today's episode, she explains how the BJP pulled off such a big win despite having been in power for decades in the state and despite a remarkably close 2017 election. She also talks about what the results mean for the Congress and the Ahmadmi Party and the path they need to take in the coming days to see better results. Radhika, uh, you were in Gujarat and when we'd spoken before the elections, you'd said how the BJP has this sort of hold in the state. How do you explain this kind of jump from one election to another, especially when they've already been in power for so many terms? Uh, In
1: 2017, the BJP uh, plummeted to its uh, lowest tally since it came to power in 1995. That was a low point for the BJP, and if uh, Modi had not crafted the strategy to consolidate the uh, votes of the backward castes, the BJP might have lost that election, because the Patel vote slipped away from the BJP for the first time since 1995. The BJP was in a state of shock, but they recovered very fast. And uh, uh, what I heard from insiders was that we will not only improve upon this tally in the next five years, we are determined to beat Madhav Singh Solanki's uh, tally of uh, 149, which uh, he uh, got in the 1985 elections. So they were fixated on this 149 number. Logically, you can ask that how did they do it? They have a very good organizational infrastructure in Gujarat. In fact, the very concept of Panna Pramuks was also also emanated in Gujarat. This business of uh, uh, posting um, their volunteers uh, who also could be RSS swamsevaks in places uh, in every booth to ensure that, um, um, you know, they uh, brought the voters to the booths on voting day. And they used to make lists of voters and they knew who was pro-BJP and who was not uh, pro-BJP. So well before the elections, they started working on families who were not inclined towards voting the BJP. And while uh, this kind of a tactic worked in the urban and semi-urban areas, it was more difficult to implement in the rural areas where... Uh, you know, caste and community lines are so um, um, deeply drawn that it's not possible to breach a person's uh, loyalties. So the real challenge lay in the rural areas where the Congress always managed to hold its own, even if they lost election after election since 1995. The Congress managed to hold on to its um, um, uh, core voters in among the Adivasis, among the Dalits, Muslims, of course. But these were two constituents which the BJP never quite managed to uh, breach. Some of the more backward castes, too, were with the Congress. So, what they did this time in the course of the last five years, the Panna Pramukhs were put on the job in the rural area. Just work on the families who are committed to the Congress and Kisitara Hamari or Unko And additionally, they um, beefed up the strength of the Panna Pramukhs this time. That was another striking feature where they had one uh, uh, page Pramukh per booth. This time they had four so that uh, more people could work on the households instead of just leaving it to one person. And they choose these uh, booth Pramukhs very carefully. You know, they wet their antecedents because there's always uh, the danger of, uh, you know, uh, dubious loyalty. So one is, of course, the far superior organizational uh, structure that has been built over the years. It didn't happen overnight or anything, far from that. In fact, in 1995, when I covered the first election, uh, that was on an emotional high. I mean, people voted, but the BJP didn't have this kind of an organization on the ground that one has seen over the years you know especially after 2001 when modi went as the chief minister and modi's um, antecedents in the rss the years that he spent as an rss pracharak certainly inculcated that kind of uh, discipline and hard work in him uh, to mobilize uh, people on the ground that's very important you know unlike uh, the congress leaders who i see like for instance in Amiti, it is famously said that Rahul Gandhi never recognized uh, half the workers by name or by face. But here, when you see Shah or Modi interacting with the workers uh, very randomly, I'm not talking about organized worker meetings, they seem to know the names of uh, workers, which I thought was really amazing, you know. So that's the kind of connect that they have with the ground. And that is very important for any party. That, I think, is a very big factor that accounts uh, for the BJP's uh, success. Because politics is not just about patronage. Of course, you uh, bestow patronage. But I think it's a sense of being wanted, which party workers yearn for. And that, I think, was something uh, Modi and Amit Shah cracked. This feeling that party workers must feel wanted. We must make them feel uh, wanted. And the importance is recognized not just before an election. I mean, throughout the year, and and, uh, this happens in Gujarat, now it's even happening in Uttar Pradesh, they keep them involved in some program or the other, where again, you know, the workers again, they feel wanted, that, you know, we are asked to engage in this program with this leader, we are asked to do this. That is one of the secrets to their uh, continuity and success in Gujarat.
0: Radhika, a change of chief minister was effected last year with Bhupendra Patel replacing yeah. Vijay Rupani. Also, 43% of sitting MLAs were dropped from the candidate list, along with many old, old-timers. Can you explain the effect it had on this result?
1: Jairaj, if you recall, even in the past two elections, they had replaced uh, roughly the same number or maybe uh, lesser number of candidates. This is a strategy that they follow even in a municipal election, not so much in a Lok Sabha election. One of the things that uh, the BJP does uh, uh, closer to an election is assessing uh, the prospects, obviously every party would do it, of uh, the sitting uh, MLA or councillor or whatever be the case. And uh, in the case of the BJP, it's a very rigorous kind of exercise. And they get non-partisan people to do the assessment, not someone who is suspected to be close to an MLA and who may give a biased report. So they did find that uh, roughly about uh, you know half the sitting MLAs were extremely unpopular in their constituencies. They hadn't worked. They hadn't spent the uh, MLA funds. And uh, also, there were corruption charges and other kinds of unsavory charges against these MLAs. So they dropped them. Now, uh, there was rebellion. And the rebellion, uh, it was said, was to a much larger extent uh, this time than in the past. For instance, at Kamalam headquarter at Gandhi Nagar, when Amit Shah had convened a meeting, uh, somebody told me that the gates had to be locked and the doors had to be sealed because there were huge crowds waiting to get in. You know, so we've never seen this kind of protests earlier. Uh, Earlier, whatever decision was taken, I mean, uh, it was explained to the disaffected uh, persons and they would go back home. And there were about uh, some uh, rebels who contested as independence. The number was much larger in Himachal. It was smaller in Gujarat. Now, uh, it is famously said of the BJP that they used the Sam, Dham, Dandabed to sort of quell uh, rebellion. Now, uh, some of it must have worked with uh, these uh, uh, people who were dropped because almost all of them had serious charges against them. They must have withdrawn on their own their ability to enforce discipline. It is something quite remarkable, and it is a feature of this present regime. The past, when Keshubhai Patel, for instance, was a chief minister, I don't think he was able to sort of rein in a recalcitrant member so effectively as. Amit Shah is able to do because let's face at the end of the day, they have a party president in uh, um, Gujarat, but it is very much Amit Shah and Modi stuff. And Amit Shah is almost like a super pracharak in uh, uh, Prabhari in uh, Gujarat. So uh, the sort of even the micromanagement is done by him Now, regarding your question about change in chief minister, we saw what happened in Uttarakhand. Three chief ministers were changed. And logically, what does it show? It shows that obviously you don't have confidence in the person who's heading the government. There's something seriously wrong with the way uh, things are being conducted in your uh, government. Here again in Gujarat, uh, Vijay Rupani, one fine day, they just decided he has to be eased out and uh, Bhupendra Patel, was brought in, and the spin that was given is that the Partidar community will be appeased. Well, uh, uh, while uh, the Patel uh, leaders and uh, Patels from civil society who I met deeply respect uh, the chief minister, the incumbent, because they think he's a person who's not flamboyant, but he's a solid kind of uh, leader he may not be, obviously not be a Narendra Modi or, uh, you know, or even a Shankar Singh Vagela or Keshubhai. But the thing about him is that he hasn't offended anybody. He's managed to keep the party together. And that is a very important. Let me stress that the BJP affects these generational changes very smoothly, whether it is at the centre or in states. I mean, they just do it without uh, you know, without batting an eyelid.
0: Radhika, uh, Muslims though account for 10% in the state Hindutva has played a major role in this elections. Can you tell us through your reportage, how much has that been a factor?
1: I was a little surprised when uh, Amit Shah uh, started uh, recalling uh, 2002 towards the end of the Campaign because Hindutva is so deeply embedded in most Gujarati Hindus that you don't really need to enforce the theme again and again. But he did. <laughs> And I think that bit of scaremongering is probably necessary to give the message that yes, we are committed to our core agenda. We haven't moved away anywhere. We may talk about development. We may talk about uh, governance, but our heart is in Hindutva. We took people back to 2002. And, uh, 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 you know, that was, I think, uh, Jairaj, that was uh, more of uh, a that if you do not vote the BJP, this is the scenario that you will be confronted with. So take them back to the days of riots, rioting and curfew and so on. Raise that specter again and uh, ensure that your core voters are there intact. Apart from the core voters, I mean, uh, there is a huge constituency which swears by Hindutva. You know, you go everywhere. They talk about a host of things, issues. But in the end, they tell you that So the BJP is seen as the only protector of uh, the Hindus. BJP has uh, worked to prove that they are the real Hindutva Wadis. They've built a Ram temple. They're going to build temples in um, Mathura. They're going to take over the Shahidka Masjid. Uh, they've um, done away with Article uh, 317. Now, Kashmir, may we can all go and buy property. And when you confront them with facts that nobody has really gone and invested in Kashmir, people are still very wary, people are probably scared. They don't want, they will not brook facts. You know, it is certain perceptions that are deeply embedded in their minds. The BJP fits the the narrative and that is it. So I think it is also important for the BJP to uh, reassure its constituents and of course a larger Audience that it is faithful to its core agenda that has not been abandoned in
0: any way. Radhika, you know, before the election, again, we had spoken of the Congress and you'd said of how the Prime Minister had warned BJP workers of this uh, campaign that was going on underground more to keep them awake than because there was an actual fear of the Congress. um That seems to have been very true because the Congress has been decimated completely from its 27 results. What does this sort of loss mean for the party in this state?
1: It sounds very cruel to say it. It probably means the near wipeout of the Congress in Western India. In uh, Maharashtra, for instance, they just exist as an appendage of uh, the NCP and uh, the Udav uh, Shiv Sena and uh, Gujarat. And Maharashtra and Gujarat were the original strongholds of the Congress. North India, they just exist in pockets like Chhattisgarh, now possibly Himachal Pradesh, but you don't see the the Congress in UP and Bihar. So this doesn't augur well at all for the Congress before 2024, and I squarely blame the Congress. If a party gets 77 uh, of uh, 180 uh, seats in the last elections uh, and came very close to forming a government, any other party would logically build on the gains that it made in, uh, five, uh, uh, in 2017 and build the organization in the last five years. But the Congress did none of that. I mean, Rahul Gandhi made this promise that I will be in Gujarat every month or something like that. I mean, forget every month. I don't even know how many times he visited. And I was pretty shocked when Priyanka Gandhi said that her first visit to Gujarat happened when there was a CWC meeting a couple of years ago in Ahmedabad. I mean, a member of the Gandhi family not visiting Gujarat was quite shocking, frankly. So this family has not recognized the salience of Gujarat in the overall um, political history of India in contemporary politics. They paid absolutely no attention. They just allowed the party organization to wither away because this time, when I went to cover the elections, a common complaint in every constituency was Gujarat is the stepchild of the AICC. And one of the uh, things that they pointed out was under Amit Shah, the BJP has built huge offices in every district headquarter and also in the smaller towns. Now, the importance of a party office was first emphasized by the left parties, particularly the CPM, because they said when we are in opposition, the party office becomes like a central uh, force for our activities. It has a wider meaning than just being a structure which is erected in a particular place. And that is one of the first um, things Amit Shah set about doing, constructing party offices wherever he could. Now the BJP has a huge state-of-the-art office in Rajkot, which is the district headquarters of Saurashtra. The Congress doesn't even have a, a small office. Candidates were working out of their own offices out using their own resources. They said no funds are coming in. And I mean, I just realized that it's impossible to compete with the BJP in such circumstances. Uh, I met this candidate in uh, Rajkot. I think he fought from uh, Rajkot East and of course lost. Uh, He's a builder. So he said, I'm pumping my own uh, savings into this campaign. This is the second second or third election. And he's been losing every election. Mm Now, who are the people who are working for him? His own workers, his own employees are working for him. It's not the Congress workers. And it's the same story with in another place that I visited in uh, Saurashtra. A, the, uh, the Congress candidate was a sit- sitting MLA, otherwise popular, people respected him. But he said that, you know, he doesn't have the workers, he doesn't have the means to reach us, whereas the BJP is all over the place. Nobody from the Congress is visiting us. So that kind of uh, sums up the pathetic state of the Congress. And here, I must mention the Aadmi party in the short duration that it has been in uh, Gujarat, uh, the AAP has managed to carve out office spaces for itself. Nothing very plush or whatever, but a place where workers can meet, which is so important, which the Congress lacks after so many decades. He may have caught, what, just 13% vote, something like that, in that range. But I can be very sure that he's spied an opening in Gujarat, and he is going to build on that four or five seats or whatever he gets. Very small, meager, when you see the overall scenario. But he will use that as an opening to um, uh, build his uh, party in the state, The Congress is now going to give up on Gujarat, I think. Because at the end of the day, if you talk to uh, them, they say that what's the use? No Gujarati Hindu will vote for us. I mean, that's not true. What happened in 2017? You got a very respectable number of seats. You posted a good vote percentage. So it obviously means that it was not just the minorities who voted for you, a good number of Hindus also voted. But there's a sense of futility about the Congress, which I think doesn't uh, presage well at all for the party.
0: This also propels up to become the ninth National Party of India. Where do you see them now going uh, from here?
1: The ARP clearly has fire in its belly, you know, much more than I, uh, uh, definitely much more than the Congress. I mean, the Congress has nothing. It's just kind of uh, uh, extinguished the few sparks that it had in itself. Uh, so uh, ARP, yes, I mean, uh, Arvind Kejriwal. one of the reasons he also fought Gujarat seriously was to get um, the status of a national party. Uh, so that means quite a lot for him. Uh, Gujarat is certainly one state where I see the ARP building uh, uh, base. Uh, I don't know how successful it would be, given the kind of BJP tsunami that has swept the state, but he will make a beginning. However, what he lacks is a regional workforce. His own uh, candidates, including the person who was projected as the CM, has lo- uh, they've lost. So it's, it's a long, long haul, but I don't think he's the kind who will give up there is a lot of curiosity and interest in the party among very young people, uh, especially from the lower middle class. I mean, wherever we went in their offices, these were the people who were hanging around, very young people who were either studying or had just begun work. And they said that, you know, we like his uh, Delhi model. We like the way he's gone about uh, servicing uh, the health and education sectors, which they said Gujarat sorely lacks. So there is some interest in ARP. Well, uh, voters have obviously not invested too much in uh, the ARP in these elections. He will have to fight every every election there is that will come, the panchayat, the corporation elections, because that's the way you uh, go about the whole process. you know There is a hierarchy that political parties have to follow, and he will have to do it. He just can't be going uh, straight to the Lok Sabha election and hoping to pick up two seats or three seats. He will have to start from ground zero and he will have to find effective leaders clearly gopal italia and isudan Garvi are not the answers you know though he tried to play with the caste did uh, he try to play the caste card one is a patel and the other is an obc but uh, you know caste works up to a point in gujarat and not beyond that he will have to take it more beyond that and there was something very interesting I met uh, members of the Saurashtra Chamber of Commerce who see Kejriwal as a, an insurrectionist, a revolutionary. They said he's too radical for our taste. You know, He is not friendly with the business community. Uh, so I said, how did you conclude that? Because in Delhi, the trading community is very comfortable with uh, Kejriwal and the Aam Admi Party, the business community quite likes him. And that's how his party has uh, grown in uh, Delhi. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, we are a very conservative state and we don't like such elements who will come and upset the equations in our state. We want things to be as they are. We want our business interests to be protected. We don't know if Kejriwal will do that. So he will have to shed his the perceived anti-business image that willy-nilly has uh, sort of uh, cropped up. If they harbour this perception about the Jignesh Mewani, I can understand. Kejriwal K- is not a Jignesh uh, Mevani, but uh, he will have to work hard towards that and make the ARP seem more inclusive than it is perceived at the moment.
0: And, um, Randhika, I know you said that the Congress has been wiped out in Gujarat, but in Himachal, at least, they have some reason for cheer, having won a majority of seats. How much can the Congress take away from this victory if they do get to form the government?
1: Do you remember when uh, the BJP won uh, Tripura about four years ago? A small state, a small dot, nobody would pay attention, least of all uh, the Delhi media. But when the BJP jumped into the fray, they made sure that the Delhi media's attention was focused on uh, Tripura. Himachal may be a smaller state than uh, Gujarat, but I would not undermine its uh, significance. I was just thinking about it, that these are two uh, contrasts, Gujarat and Himachal. Gujarat, by the way, is also beset with a whole lot of problems relating to economic distress and social inequality. It is the failure of the Congress and to some extent the ARP also that they couldn't tap into the uh, discontent among people and build a narrative around it, which the Congress did in Himachal because the whole campaign was managed by local leaders and uh, they uh, picked on issues like the problems of apple growers. I think Congress has swept that apple belt. OROP as well as the Agnipath scheme, Unemployment. Now, that is so important in uh, Himachal Pradesh, where people are very dependent on uh, government jobs. And um, unemployment is an acute problem in uh, Himachal. So the Congress was able to build an overarching narrative around these uh, issues in Himachal, which it failed to do in Gujarat. And why? Because uh, there is really no uh, leadership in Gujarat, unlike Himachal. Um, There is, of course, Mukesh Agnihotri, Pratibha Singh, Sukhi, somewhere or the other. I think they must have kind of put their heads together and worked out uh, the contours of a campaign which eventually helped them. There was nobody to do that in Gujarat. And uh, the lesson for the Congress is that you should uh, develop local leaders, not allow them to uh, wane away as in Gujarat, because Gujarat is still uh, dominated by the old leaders belonging to the 60s and the 70s. Uh, the Arjun Modwaryas and Bharat Singh Solankis who have somehow lost their relevance, who are completely out of sync with contemporary Gujarat politics and try and build a new leadership which would be in sync with the problems or concerns of people uh, as they exist now. Uh,
0: And Radhika, I know that the Gujarat election and Himachal is not being looked at as this thing for 2024 as such, because they were fairly clear in some ways what was expected. But you know, before the elections, you would said that at most what it could give the Congress and AAP is greater bargaining power in the run up to 2024. Do you think that's actually going to happen?
1: So I think in the overall scheme, it will not increase their bargaining power. And if you notice very significant, uh, 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 the day that the MCD uh, results were out, Kejriwal attended an opposition meeting of the opposition parties in parliament, Kejriwal's MPs, which was convened by Malika Junkharke. I mean, uh, hitherto, he was quite disdainful towards the Congress. He would not attend any of the meetings which which were convened by the Congress. But he asked his uh, MPs to attend that meeting. So that is itself a sign that he is feeling a bit vulnerable in the overall scheme. So if you're talking about an opposition front, there are still too many problems to overcome. Mamta would imagine that she's still ruling over a big state, you know. So, or KCR, of, of course, Telangana, but KCR has national ambitions. So I, I I, don't think it's going to give either the Congress or much less the AAP a bargaining chip. Congress has to work very hard. I mean, the spectacular defeat route in um, Gujarat is something it will not be able to live down for months on end. And especially when you have this Bharat Jodo Yatra uh, going on during which he conveniently ignored uh, Gujarat, uh, sidestep Gujarat. So I, uh, you know, I mean, the logical question to ask is what is the Bharat Jodo Yatra yielding? Because if you take Himachal, of course, Rajiv Shukla has credited uh, Priyanka Gandhi, but if you talk to insiders, they will tell you that she was camping in her home near Shimla, but she was expected to attend, uh, to address 20 meetings. But in the end, she just went uh, went and addressed five meetings or six uh, meetings. It was marked disinterest on her part in the campaign. True to the Congress's grain, Rajiv Shukla has heaped credit, plaudits on uh, Priyanka Gandhi. But if you look at Himachal objectively, it's really the local leadership which has delivered the votes, which has delivered the state, For the Congress. So I don't know how it gives the central leadership a bargaining chip vis a vis the opposition. And if we are discussing this here, surely the other parties, the opposition parties, would be aware of this point, you know.
0: Today's episode was produced by Jairad Singh, Sunai Marathe, and Anuja Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas, and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We're available on TY Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, email us at tuipodcast at timesinternet.in.